This past weekend, I took a trip to Asheville, North Carolina with three high school friends who happened to all be female. I know, what was I thinking? They stuck me on the top floor of a three-story Airbnb and told me to behave. Fortunately, the elevator was out of service and I became an asset. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known why I was invited. I like to think I'm in decent shape, but carrying bags up and down three flights of steps made me wish I knew more about elevator repair. Hello, my name is Gordon and welcome to my podcast, The Book of Regrets, A Driving Range. So what did I learn from this adventure? I was reminded that women never forget snacks, amen. Talking wasn't optional. And the Biltmore House completed in 1895 is 178,926 square feet, has 65 fireplaces and its library contains 24,000 books. And I'd like to meet the guy who counted them all. Speaking of books, I also learned that a friend will Google Asheville bookstores and walk with you to find another Matt Haig book titled The Midnight Library. I won't give away the whole story since I'm suggesting to you that it is a must read, but I'll tell you that it starts out gloomy. Nora Seed, the main character, is tired of life and wants to kill herself, and she does, sort of. She winds up in this purgatory state called, you guessed it, the Midnight Library. She meets her old librarian, Miss Elm, where she is introduced to the Book of Regrets. Of course, it's the biggest book in there. As she rifles through this Book of Regrets, I think to myself, this is kind of interesting because personally, I can't think of that many. Not a big book worth, at least ones that are significant. Obviously, we have some, so I continue to think, and the one that keeps popping into my head is the one where I taught my mom and dad into building a speck lake house with me. It took a lot of time and a lot of money. We were weeks away from selling it at full price, and boom, the recession hit almost overnight. Ten years later, we sold it. I quit counting how much money we wasted and lost. What a nightmare. It shouldn't have, but it crushed my self-esteem. Life will do that to us. I continue to scroll my mind and notice that many of the other regrets involve people <clears throat> and alcohol. Likely not a coincidence, but that's just me. I suppose as you age, you accumulate more regrets. You regret not doing more or going more places or meeting more people or seeing more things. Not me. <laughs> as a proud supporter of Oliver Berkman's theory of negative path, I know that you can never see it all or do it all because all of it, all of it will never satisfy you. It's like trying to corral happiness. You can't. You can't even define it. I dare you to try. All you can do is peer through the corner of your eye to try to find it, to try to see it. 
My theory is that most people in an attempt to find happiness run from things that they don't want instead of toward the things that they do. Remember, happiness can't be found. It just is. I'm often happy and sad within the same moment. I like what Lori Gottlieb says about happiness in her book, Maybe We Should Talk to Someone, which of course is an amazing book. She says, happiness equals reality minus expectations, which for me means somewhere between good and good. Oh, I, I had an epiphany of an epiphany. I did. You ever notice that the most outgoing, kind people hide the most pain? I believe it. I really do. I mean, I, God bless them. It's not a criticism. It's just kind of an ob observation. My heart... For me, my heart's too small to take on any more pain, which is kind of why I shelter myself from being more friendly. I, I don't have the capacity. I don't. I know my limits, and when I do cross that boundary, I usually regret it. So, how heavy is your book of regrets? So as that story continued, Nora put down the book of regrets and was told to choose a book off the shelf that would give her a different outcome. One example was she regretted not marrying Dan, and poof, she was back in time in a bar living that married life with Dan. It didn't take her long to figure out she didn't want to be there, and poof, she was back in the library with Miss Elm. Consequently, her book of regrets became lighter. She does this many, many times, and we can guess what happens. She realizes her life as it is, is her best outcome. For us, a reminder is to stop focusing on the future, which I've said before in other podcasts. Do the best we can with what we have, accept the results, and focus on our mission. Focus on our purpose. That's all that matters. If you don't have a purpose, then go find it. Write it down and stick it on the mirror, stick it on your refrigerator, stick it somewhere. I have, I actually have 17, I do, I just counted them. Anyway, one day back in the mid 90s, I was hitting golf balls at a driving range in Tucker, Georgia. I went there often. Hitting golf balls has always been therapy for me. As I was walking to the restroom, I noticed a guy installing cedar on some porch columns at the clubhouse, and for some ungodly reason, I said hello, and we, <laughs> we started to chat. I got his number and called him a few weeks later. Funny thing, he and his partner and their crew worked with me every day for the next 10 years or so. They became great friends. And I'll never regret the day we met. So this week, I was reading Traveling Mercies by Anne Lamott. And in it, she shared a prayer, couple of prayers. And I, I thought they were cool. And I, cool and simple. And um, I enjoyed them. So I'll share them with you. First prayer was, help me, help me, help me. And the second prayer was, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.